Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. But the beautiful thing about Lisa is that that uh, since she has given her life to the Lord, I, I actually commend her and honor her for this because since she has given her life to the Lord, Lisa has never put her lips to liquor again. And I've been married to her for, yeah, that's awesome. I got to be honest, sometimes I try to tempt them when we're on vacation. I'll be like, yeah, talk about it. But anyway, eight and a half years and she has never put her lips to any type of alcohol. Like, Lisa's so strict that if you, if you actually uh, go to a wedding with her, Lisa will look at the champagne and she will judge the champagne, but she will not sip on that champagne. And I will even drink some champagne. Like, I'll drink some champagne just for the occasion. And I'll drink it, and she'll be like, how dare you? <laughs> and so she has not touched liquor our entire marriage. Uh, as long as she, she believes that this is what God has set her free from. And so since that God has set her free from that, 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 that hold, for her it was a vice, right? We all have different vices, but for her it was alcohol. She has let it go. She has not touched it. I can't even say I have ever seen her uh, touch alcohol. Um, but sometimes she takes it a little to the extreme. And what I mean by that is, let me tell you, like, you know, for me, I don't know if you've ever heard of this drink. It's called Coquito. If you don't know what Coquito is, Coquito is a bottle of heaven with a little bit of liquor. That's what it is. It's a, it's a bottle of heaven in a bottle. Liquor, all right? Somebody's, somebody's like, somebody's like, well, depends who makes it. Depends who makes that. All right? I'm more like, the one I've drunk is liquor. But the thing is that Lisa takes this way too serious. Like, I, you know, I respect her and I, I honor her. And, and, but let me tell you, one day, like, you know, I, sometimes I get gifted. I get gifted bottles of Coquito. Right? So I, I got a gift. It was called Coquito. Now, I, am, I know how to receive. Okay? So I receive the gift of Coquito. Right? So I take the Coquito and I bring it home. And I remember, oh, my God, the first time I brought Coquito home, Lisa went into the fridge. She says, hey, excuse me, what is this? I was like, I'm like, it's, co it was, it's Coquito. No, no, you brought liquor into this house? You, you've desecrated our home with alcohol? In the, I was like, baby, it's coquito. No, 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 no. You, our kids live here. What kind of example are you setting for our children? I'm like, baby, it's coquito. No, this is alcohol, okay? Call it, listen, compromise all you want. But this is alcohol. Get this out of here. Now, this is, this is, for me, I'm like, Baby, it's just coquito. It's just a little, a little bit, you know, a little bit coquito. And, and, uh, and so for me, it's been an ongoing uh, uh, discussion that's been submitted into counseling. Uh, and so every year, you know, around Thanksgiving, around Christmas, 
I'll, I'll, I'll get a bottle of Coquito that's gifted to me. By the way, I'm receiving all types of gifts with Coquito for next year, Thanksgiving. Just don't let Lisa know. I put it in a plastic bag and I hide it in the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. It's the truth. And there was one time that I got myself the bottle of Coquito. I have it in the refrigerator. I unwrap it out of the three liters of bags that I have it in. I take it out. I turn on the TV. And I get a little cup. And you know what I take? I take the little bit of Coquito, and I put it in the cup. And I drank the whole thing. I was kind of like by myself in the living room, right? I was by myself. And I drank the whole thing. But it was so good. So, you know, you got to go off for a second. So I took another little, another little thing of Coquito. Now, let me tell you. It was a 20-ounce bottle of Coquito. Okay? Relax. It was a 20-ounce bottle of Coquito, little 20 ounce, little alcohol, right? And so I'm drinking this, and then, you know, by the time I'm done with two cups, it's like, I'm just like, I'm just gonna drink the whole thing. So I drink the whole thing, 20 ounce of Coquito, right? Now I start watching TV and I feel a little tired, okay? I get a little tired and I lay down. I lay down and when I lay down, this happens to me all the time, I watch TV and then I fall asleep. It has nothing to do with the coquito. And so I fall asleep. I'm out. I'm sleeping. And all I get is this. I get, apparently, Lisa walks into the room. I don't know where she was. I don't know where she came from. I don't know if she was in the bedroom. I don't know if she walked inside. But she comes in and she taps me on the shoulder. Are you drunk? What? Why would I be drunk? No, Rolando, you reek of alcohol, and there's an empty liquor bottle. Maybe it's a coquito bottle, same thing. There's an empty liquor bottle in our living room. Baby, I'm not drunk. No, 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 no. Is this what it's going to be? Is this what I married? Huh? Is this what I married, Rolando? You tell me if I married an alcoholic, because if I did, let me tell you something. You're not coming to this bed drunk, okay? You're going to stay right here on the sofa, and I'm like, baby, I'm not drunk. No, no, no. You smell, you reek of alcohol. It's the bottle, baby. It's the bottle. I mean. I don't make this up not one bit. This actually happened. And we're back and forth. I'm like, baby, this, there is not enough lick. I'm 260 pounds at that time. I was 260 pounds. Just letting you know, I lost 25 pounds. Anyway, but that's all glory to God. Anyhow, tw- I was 260 pounds. Two, baby, it's going to take a lot more than a little of, coke, of alcohol in Coquito to get me drunk. And she's like, no, 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 no. And then, and then I break it down. I say, like, first of all, first of all, honey, let me tell you. First of all, first of all, and this is why I put bass in my voice. I was like, first of all, have you ever seen me drunk? No, exactly. In our eight years of marriage, have you ever seen me drunk? She's like, no. Okay, secondly, I've never been drunk as an adult. So for 19 years of my life, I have never been drunk. Thirdly, there is not enough alcohol in this 20-ounce bottle of Coquito. And, of course, she can't concede to the argument, so what does she say? She says, you never know. (laughs) That's how you win all arguments. Well, who says? You never know. You know, I, I, I think it's interesting because I, I, I looked at this as an illustration and I said, wow, isn't it amazing that the very things that I was telling her was 
that there is coquito, and inside the coquito bottle, it contains a little bit of alcohol, right? And I found that interesting because um, there isn't enough alcohol inside of this bottle to be able to inebriate me. It, it, I'm not able to become drunk with the measure of alcohol that there is in this bottle, right? Now, did the bottle contain alcohol? It contained alcohol, but the alcohol was not sufficient enough to intoxicate my 260-pound self at that time. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I find it interesting because also it could be that many believers that we contain the context of the Holy Spirit, but not enough of the Holy Spirit to be filled and transformed and intoxicated by his love and be filled with who he is to the brim until it overflows. It could be that we have the Holy Spirit, but we are not completely filled and saturated and submerged with the totality of who he is. And I love that Paul says, don't be drunk with wine. In fact, you need to learn how to be drunk with something else. And it's called being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to let somebody know today that God doesn't want to give you a light little buzz on a weekend or a little high for a Sunday. God wants to completely submerge you in the presence of his Holy Spirit. God wants to fill you from the inside out until your life overflows, until your life is controlled, until your life is directed, and you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody believe that in this house today? Paul parallels this, this, this idea of, of alcohol, of wine, and, and of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, it's not the first time that it happens. We actually see this in Acts chapter 2. Let's, let's go to that verse, Acts chapter 2. You see the, the beautiful picture. It says, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But, uh, but others in the crowd ridiculed them. Now, here's what's happening. The Holy Spirit comes as promised by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says, wait for me in the upper room and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is when the Holy Spirit will fill you up to the brim. It will overflow. This is what the Holy Spirit is going to do. This is a promise. Now, this promise comes to pass as it's documented, documented in Acts chapter 2. And this is what happens. The manifestation of that perplexes those that are observing what's happening. And it's, but others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, oh, they're just drunk. That's all. Then Peter stepped forward with 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And this is what's beginning to happen. He, he's saying, listen, uh, another translation, I like the way it communicates it. It says, these people are not drunk the way you suppose. 
Oh, they're drunk, but they're not drunk with the same content or with the same uh, substance that you are normally filled and drunk with. They're actually filled with something else, but it's not alcohol, it's not wine, it's not liquor. It's actually what's been promised by Joel the prophet and also has been promised through Jesus Christ. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. What you are observing might seem like they're intoxicated with wine, but you're looking at a life that is is filled, that is consumed, that is engulfed with the Holy Spirit. And so I love that Paul draws these parallel as, draws the same parallel as well. He says, don't be filled with wine. Don't be drunk with wine. Now this is a good time to pause and, and encourage some of us today that as I begin to talk about this, I, I don't I don't want in any way, shape, or form to th for this to be misunderstood. The, the Bible does make it clear that, that drunkenness is always discouraged in the Bible. It's actually um, uh, commanded that we don't get drunk. This is Paul commanding us, hey, don't be drunk. And, um, and so maybe of us, I know, I know some of you guys hear what is not said. That happens to me all the time. And it's like, well, Pastor, you know, somebody, somebody's going to walk out of here. Pastor Rose said we could drink. <laughs> yeah, he said we could have coquito. <laughs> right? That's what's going to happen. Don't hear what I'm not saying. All right? Some of us need to take the approach that Lisa, that Lisa takes and say, God delivered me from that. I'm not going to even walk around the tree a day in my life. I'm not for that. If you ever lived a life that you were getting drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning, hey, guess what? Maybe liquor is not for you. Right? And so he draws these parallels. He says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so today what I want to do is I want to iron out for you these, these, uh, this contrast parallel of, of what wine can do or alcohol or liquor can do that can be said about wine and liquor, but it could also be said about the Holy Spirit. See, there was something about the church in the book of Acts that they would look at them and they would say, man, they look like they're, they look like they're not, they look a little different. They look a little different. They don't look usual. They look unusual. They look a little bit different. And so I, I thought it would be a good idea to kind of use what we may understand on a practical sense and apply it to, to what, the, uh, what we can see also as evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I believe this, that if you, if you lean into today's message, I believe there's some of us that are walking in here today that you have the Holy Spirit, but you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going I'm to break some of these things down for you today, and I want to encourage you that if you have yet to be filled with the Holy Spirit, today is your day to be filled with his presence. And so, and so when Paul says this, when Paul says to um, the church in Ephesus, he writes this in, in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, right? And, and actually what he's speaking to, he's speaking to a, a culture that is seeped in Greek mythology. And so what that culture would practice on a regular day basis was they would, they would uh, create these festivals and these feasts and these parties and these pa parades and they would dedicate themselves to what was considered the god of wine or the god of the grape harvest, which was known as Bacchus, right? And so they would worship Bacchus and they would intoxicate them themselves to such a degree that they will be running rampant all through the streets singing songs. This is why later Paul in that same verse will say, hey, instead of 
acting crazy and wild, singing songs in the middle of the street. What you need to be doing is giving thanksgiving to God as you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So Paul is constantly creating this contrast between the culture of the day to what he wants to now teach as kingdom culture. And part of kingdom culture is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he, he, he begins to create these parallels. And I want to give you the, the very first one because as these people were intoxicated, they would go around in the streets singing craziness. And, and uh, uh, there's this philosopher by the name of Plato. He even said that in that time, you would be hard-pressed to find anyone who was actually sober, sober during that time of the festivals. So please understand that when Paul is speaking to this moment, when Paul is speaking to this context, he's not doing it by casual coincidence. He is speaking directly to something that's happening, and then he's contrasting it on how it can look that if you apply the same principles to you do with this party and this God and this wine, and you apply it to the Holy Spirit, you'll see that you will be filled to such a capacity that in the same way that alcohol intoxicates you, the Holy Spirit will transform you. Amen. And here's the first point I want to give you. Write this down. I don't know if you noticed, but write this down. The quantity you observe, absorb determines the level of effect it will have on you. The quantity you absorb determines the level of effect it will have on you. Now, I told Lisa, there is not enough liquor in this coquito to intoxicate me. There's just not enough. It's, it's, it's saturated in, 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 in heaven, baby. It's, 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 it's leche condensada and evaporated milk. And it's just goodness. It's just like the sweet caramels, the land of milk and honey. Like this is what it is. And a little bit of rum, right? That's what, it's in the same matter. Like I, I, I've never been drunken as, a, as an adult. You know why? Because I'll, I'll drink one sip of champagne when I'm at a wedding. But I don't know if there's any former experts in this house that would maybe take a couple of more drinks and a third drink and a fourth drink and you know what happens after the fourth drink and the fifth drink. What happens? It has a, you've absorbed enough of it to begin to affect you. I think it's the same with the Holy Spirit that many times we kind of put the stiff arm to the Holy Spirit and we say, I'll just take one sip of the Holy Spirit, just enough to save me, but not enough to transform me. I can take just a little, I can absorb on a Sunday experience and just absorb a little bit of the Holy Spirit and that feels good and I get the tingles and I was like, oh good, this is so sweet, but not enough to be completely consumed with who he is and and and, and here's what I want to let everyone know today that that sometimes we buy into this attitude like that a buzz of the Holy Spirit is enough but but God doesn't want to give you enough of the Holy Spirit just to get you into heaven he wants to give you the Holy Spirit in a, in such a way that you will bring heaven down to earth like so, so sometimes it's like I just need enough I need enough to to have some areas of my life under control but not all of them I want to, I, I, I just want a little buzz. I, I just want a little, I just want a little bit. I want to feel a little nice. <laughs> right? And we apply this to our spirituality. I just, you know, I like going to church. I feel good. I come, I come out feeling nice when I come out of church. And I feel good when we worship the songs. But God doesn't want you to just feel good. He wants you to feel God. 
He wants you to feel his presence. He wants you. And so I want to break this really quick theologically for everyone today. And, and, and the way the Bible breaks it down is there's three baptisms. Write this down. Three baptisms. And this is how the Bible breaks it down. The first one is, um, and many times we use this term being baptized by the Holy Spirit, but I want, to, I want to break it all down for you. The first one is that it's the baptism of salvation. Someone shout salvation. salvation. Can I teach to you guys? Can I teach real quick? Is that all right? Someone shout amen if I could teach. So it's the baptism of salvation. And what this is, that when you place your faith in Jesus, that what happens is that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells on the inside of you. The Bible says, can no one say that Jesus is Lord outside apart from the Holy Spirit? The Bible says that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that means you have placed faith in him. That means you, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mind. This is what the Bible says, that, that, that the Holy Spirit comes and resides on the inside of you. Another place it says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells with you. He, he enters your life. And this is what we experience in salvation. This is the baptism of salvation. A matter of fact, I want to give you some examples through the Bible where we see that we are baptized in Christ. We are baptized in salvation. Romans chapter 6 verse 3 and 4 it says, or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus. We were baptized and buried. We were baptized into his salvation. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We see this also in Galatians chapter 3. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, is not mentioning that we're baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, it says we're baptized into Christ. We have been clothed with Christ. Now, when you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, like I said, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells on the inside of you. I want you to lean in. Pay attention. For if you look at me, pay attention here. He comes and dwells on the inside of you. And here's the proof. We can look at this in the next verse found in 2 Corinthians. It says, it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own. Now watch this. By placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And that is what we call the baptism of salvation. Placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. But now look. As an installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, he comes and dwells in us, and that is called salvation. The second thing is, the second baptism is the baptism in water. So we are baptized in water. Now, baptism in water doesn't save you, but what it does, it declares your salvation. My wedding ring doesn't make me married, but what it does, it symbolizes my marriage. All the married folk, good time to say amen right there. And so that is what the baptism in water. We, we just had a baptism a couple of months ago, and we had about 28 people be baptized. Can we praise God for that? Our next, 
Our next baptism will be April 19th. I want to encourage each and every one of you that if you have not been baptized in water, I want to encourage you to publicly declare your faith in water baptism. And we see this in the Bible. Jesus tells his followers, he says this, he says, go into the world baptizing everyone in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And so we also see this baptism, the second baptism that we see in the Bible. It's the baptism in water. Now here's the third baptism. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to break that down for you because the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, many times in the Bible is a separate occurrence. Okay, now please understand that there's been a lot of debate and a lot of consternation when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are many sectors that have been divided. There are many people that believe in Jesus Christ. And because of this little nuance, many people have divided um, what we believe in the faith. And I genuinely don't believe that it's a concern for division. Some people believe different things of the Holy Spirit based upon their interpretation of what the Bible says. What I want to do for you is what I want to uh, present to you is what I sincerely believe what the Holy Spirit does is, and we've done that for the last few weeks, but what does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Now, when we look at the passages of Scripture, we have to understand them clearly. Now, this is important because, again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's been much debate on that. But when we look at this passage in Acts chapter 8, we can see that in this particular passage, there are separate occurrences when you see the baptism of salvation, the baptism in water, and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to be honest. There are occasions where all these things happen in one moment. Okay? So there are people that have been saved that moment, that very day, that very moment. They have been baptized in water. And then right there, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they start manifesting the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so there are occasions where we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit being manifest, manifested as evidence that the Holy Spirit has filled that individual life. And that's what it is. It's just evidence that the Holy Spirit has filled that individual life. But on many separate, on many occasions, you see that this is a separate occurrence so you see that there is the baptism of salvation the baptism in water and then the baptism in the holy spirit so i want to go to acts chapter 8 real quick verse 13 and look what it says but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about jesus wherever they went as a result many men and women were baptized okay now here we're talking about the baptism in water. This is now this word, please understand this word baptize. The word baptize is, comes from the Greek word baptizo. Baptizo. That word baptizo means this fully submerged. Okay? Fully submerged. Okay? Overflowing. Now, it says, as a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon the sorcerer himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and the great miracles Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these, what does it say? New believers to what? Receive the Holy Spirit. So we see that this is a perfect picture. They received the message. They placed faith in Jesus. They were baptized in water. But then a couple of days later, they were sent Peter and John to pray for them. Now, this was days later. And look what it says, that they came 
and prayed over these new believers. So they were already believers in the faith to receive the Holy Spirit. And if that wasn't clear, here's, here's verse 16. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received, that word received is this word in the Greek called lambano, not the lambada, lambano. Someone shout, shout lambano. Lambano, the Holy Spirit. They, they received the Holy Spirit. And you see this as a separate instant of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. They were, and this word lambano, we translate it in English as received. But in the Greek, what it means, it's this, it's this capturing. It's this overtaking. It's, it's the Holy Spirit wasn't just coming into their lives. It wasn't that they had the Holy Spirit. It's now that the Holy Spirit had them. And so now they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This word lambano is to overtake. It, it means to not refuse, to not reject, to not let go, but let the Holy Spirit completely consume me, submerge me, and fill me to the brim until you see the evidence of it running in my life. And so this is, this is where sometimes it gets a little dark and gray because many people that claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit will look at someone that is not filled with the Holy Spirit and say, oh, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit? And please understand this, that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the traits of the Holy Spirit is humility, it's love, it's peace, it's joy, it's kindness. So you got to understand this, that Jesus was the most powerful person on the universe, but he was also the most humble person in the universe. And so power doesn't come with pride when you're a believer and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Power comes with humility when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The world can give you power. That comes with pride. But when you get filled with power of the Holy Spirit, that comes with humility. Worship team, give me five more minutes. Give me five more minutes. Five more minutes. We see it again in Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. It says, and it happens while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper reins, the regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So, so you, see, you see the difference? Now, this, again, this word is translated lambano. It's not just accepting. Are you following me? It's not just accepting salvation. It's not just accepting through faith that, that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in, on the inside of you. It's this overtaking. It's giving complete access and room and yielding your entire life to who the presence of God is. It's not just having a little bit of alcohol. It's being completely inebriated, and this time not with wine, but with who the Holy Spirit is. And so in the same manner that the amount that we absorb determines the effect it has on us, if you want to see your life have, a, have an impact in mission and transform, then it needs to be filled to the brim of who the Holy Spirit is. And it says, they, they do lambano the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to them, we have not so much as even heard whether, who the Holy Spirit is. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. And then Paul said, Oh, and then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe in him who would come after, that is, Christ Jesus. 
When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. So they heard the message, they placed faith in Jesus Christ, and they were baptized now in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul had laid hands on them, look what it says, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. And some of you just got scared. Wait, what are you, what are you talking about? So many times we look at it like, um, well, what does the manifestations of the Holy Spirit look like? Because I ain't ready for that, Pastor Ro. I did my hair today. I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl. I can't have no shaking and baking and nothing like that. And I get it. I get it. But I, I, I want to clarify some misnomers here because sometimes we're like, I don't want to happen what I've seen happen in other people's lives. I ain't ready for that. I don't want to be filled to that. I want to I I look like, you know what I mean? I want to look nice when I walk out of here. But we need to understand that we don't, wanna, we don't want to limit the Holy Spirit to what he wants to do in our lives. And I, and I promise you, it's not always shaking and baking. It's not always scary. It, it's not, it, it does. Here's the second point. It looks different on everybody. It, it, and this is important for us to understand, and I know we're learning today because, because I, I think that many times we even think that the only manifestation of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. But you have to understand that the, the, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit look different on everybody. The public demonstration is different for everyone. And so, and so I don't know if you noticed that when people are intoxicated, some of them get really angry. Some of them get really happy. <laughs> Some of them get really sad, depressed, right? It manifests itself differently on everyone. That's a parallel with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what, what begins to manifest looks different on everyone. When I receive the Holy Spirit, when I believe the moment I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to clarify that word filling is a continuous filling. It's not just a one moment experience. It's not just you come to the altar, you fall on your, on your back and then, oh, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. No, that's, that, that's just a moment, but it's a constant filling of the Holy Spirit. You can, have a con you can have a filling of the Holy Spirit and then live your life like you never got filled with the Holy Spirit. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you, you, have, you have this desire now to keep being filled with the, who the Holy Spirit is. You keep yielding and surrendering your life who the Holy Spirit is. It isn't this momentary experience. And so for everybody, it, 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 it manifests different. Like I believe that many people in this room might not think they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And they are, but they don't think they are because they haven't spoken in tongues. And so I'm like, I'm like Paul, like I speak more tongues than anybody, right? Like I'll say I'll speak more than, I'll, I'll say it like Paul did. But at the end of the day, that is not the only demonstration or manifestation or proof of the Holy Spirit. Many times the manifestations of the Holy Spirit come through the giftings of the Holy Spirit. So about seven to eight times in the book of Acts where we see the, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit more than any other book, you would see it about seven to eight times. It says, and they were filled or they were baptized or, they were, or the Holy Spirit came upon them. About seven to eight times. In only three occasions it says they spoke in tongues. Other times it says they preached with boldness. 
Other times it says that they were filled with power. Other times it says that they began to prophesy. And so I look at Lisa's life. She has a spirit-filled life. She walks filled with the Holy Spirit. And how do I know that? Because Lisa prophesies. I know that she has been filled with the Holy Spirit. She might not speak in tongues. I might speak in tongues. And matter of fact, speaking in tongues is the only gift that is discouraged sometimes in the Bible. And so sometimes we could walk, we, if we're not careful, um, we can fall under the lie that we are filled with the Holy Spirit simply because we speak in tongues. But that is not the only manifestation of the Holy Spirit. There are different manifestations for everyone. It looks different for everyone. And so you don't got to sit next to the person and be like, man, I didn't get filled. Because she over here, and I'm over here. And I can't even do that. And he's over here prophesizing, and I can't even do that. Man, the Holy Spirit will fill you up. You will speak with boldness. You will speak with authority. And you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It just manifested differently in your life. And someone say amen. amen. You guys are staring at me like, why is he? As the worship team comes up. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says it. He says, don't be filled with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I like another translation that says, stop getting drunk with wine, which leads to wild living. Look what it says. It says, but keep on being filled with the Spirit. Stop getting drunk with wine, which, which, which will lead you to wild living, but keep on being filled. Someone shout, keep on. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, he says don't be drunk with wine because wine will ruin your life. And I know we're here, we're, we're, we're talking specifically, specifically in this context about wine, but here's the truth, like, we can just fill that word, we can just fill in the blank. Don't be drunk with, fill in the blank. Don't, don't be drunk with, go ahead, fill in the blank. What is the thing that you have allowed yourself to be intoxicated with? Because some of us may, may be drunk with wine, but some of us are drunk with, with pride. Oh, we're pride drunk. We've allowed pride to be the main influence in our life. Or some of us, we're just, we're just insecurity drunk. We've allowed insecurity to, to kind of, we're submerged, we're steeped in insecurity. And it's running our lives and it's ruining, ruining our relationships and it's ruin, ruining our identity because we are what? We are drunk. We, are keep, we keep filling ourselves. We keep filling ourselves with, with, with insecurity. Or some of us, we're, we're drunk. Let's be honest. You fill in the blank. We're drunk with offense. You keep getting offended. You know, you know how you know if you're drunk with offense? When you're offended at someone who doesn't even know they've offended you. They don't even know they've offended you. And you, you already crossed them out. Like you're, you're drunk. You're offense drunk. Some of us are relationship drunk. We're, we're love drunk. That one was too real, right? That one was too real. And he says, don't be drunk with offense. Don't be drunk. What's, what's your wine today? What is it that you're sipping on on a regular? What, what is it that you're sipping on at 9 a.m.? What is it that you're drinking when, the moment you wake up? What is it that you're filling your life with on a regular basis? What is it that you wake up and you're already taking a sip of? Is it criticism? Is it your ego? 
Is it unforgiveness? Is it lust? Is it, what is it that you're filling yourself? What, oh, let me take a sip of that. Is it the Instagram likes? Is it your status on Facebook and social media? Is it, is it that? Are you, are, you, are you getting drunk? Oh, he says, don't be filled with that. Because that'll ruin your life. But, but what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's the last point I want to I share with you as a parallel. Your walk changes when you're under the influence. Your walk changes. I don't know about you, but I've seen people from a mile away. And you could see from a mile away. Oh, he, oh, he, looked, he looked a little twisted to me. He looked like he under the influence. When you are filled with wine, that's what it looks like. But let, same thing. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your walk is different. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, man, people could look at your life and say, oh, my goodness. Like, I see their life, man. That love, that love, that love is under the influence. That forgiveness is under the influence. Oh, did you see the way that he treated her, his mother? That kind of treatment is under the influence. Do you see the kind of marriage that they have? Oh, that marriage, it's not the same as any other marriage. That marriage is under the influence. Have you seen their relationship? Have you seen the walk of faith in their relationship? They don't look like they're love drunk. They don't look like they're ego drunk. They don't look like they're drunk from the selfishness of their own desires, but they look like they're drunk with the Holy Spirit. They look like they're filled to the brim, that they don't deal with their problems on their own, but they deal with their problems with the power that the Holy Spirit has given them. Oh man, they look like they walk different. How many, can I be real, can I, can I just have a moment of transparency? How many more years, how many more years are we going to live looking for something that is already on the inside of us and just waiting to increase? Have you ever seen somebody that's been on the phone looking for their phone? Hold on, hold on a second, bro. I got to look for my phone. Have you ever seen that? How many years we're gonna live like that though? Drew, how many years we're gonna live like we're looking for something everywhere else and God has already placed it on the inside of us as an inheritance for every promise that is to come? How many years we're gonna go around, look, oh, 2020, three weeks in, three weeks in, and we're like, ah, oh, I can't no more. Three weeks in, I'm done with life. Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of you, but he's not just waiting to stay there. He's waiting to increase in your life. He wants more of you so that you can have more of him. Hear me, Kuhau, that when you live your life filled with the Holy Spirit, it makes a difference. You walk different. You love different. You think different. You breathe different because the breath of fresh air is dwelling in your life. Hear me. Let me break it down this way. I have, to, I have to break this down. This, my friends, is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. It's filled to the brim. This is what 
he makes available to you. Now, worship team, get ready. Get ready, worship team. This is me. We spend our lives like this. Hey, look at me. Is this sponge wet? Is this sponge wet? It's wet. Does this sponge contain the contents of water? It does. Much of our lives is spent this way though. We receive the baptism of salvation. We get baptized in water. And we just get wet enough to not get sucked dry. See, there's a difference between this water, this sponge, which is you. This is you, Frank. This is you, John. Many of us, we have the Holy Spirit. Sheila, this is you. You have the Holy Spirit. Don't ever let anyone say that you don't have the Holy Spirit if you place faith in Jesus. Don't let anyone ever say you don't have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? See, because there's a difference when you have enough of the Holy Spirit to be saved and when you are completely submerged till you're overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And then, and then when you run empty again, you go back into the Holy Spirit because he's, he's made it available for you. I'm going to live my life not just wetting the tip of my toes, but I'm going to be submerged till I'm overflowing. I want to be filled up till I'm overflowing. I want to be filled up till I'm overflowing. I want to be filled up till I'm overflowing. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.